Hi everyone, it's Karen Chong. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the unconscious patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. There's so much confusion and distortion and increasing polarization about what the feminine is, the nature of female power, and the role that the feminine plays in our reality, especially as we make the transition from the old consciousness to the new. We each have our own personal ratio of feminine and masculine, and the struggle for control of the narrative of the feminine can affect all of us. It can result in bewilderment and uncertainty, causing shame, inner conflict, and suppression of the authentic expression of self. In this episode, we discuss the journey of the feminine through four archetypes that appear in many different traditions, and what the lessons, gifts, and challenges are of each archetype from frequency perspective. And after the discussion, we get to the most important part of this episode. The group frequency calibration at the end is where the frequency work happens and where change actually occurs. So be sure to listen to that. By releasing the distortion patterns targeted by the GFC, we can start to release what no longer serves us and gain greater clarity and ease with the wholeness of the unique expression of ourselves. Today in Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, we're discussing the journey through the feminine. Journeying through the feminine, hmm, that's an interesting journey. Mm -hmm. Because we, have, we do have kind of four distinct passageways through that journey, right? Mm -hmm. And each one has a significance, I think, anyways, mm -hmm. now being in the fourth stage of my journey. <laughs> yep. And it would be really interesting to discuss at a frequency level the value of each passage totally and what it actually means for us as yeah. a feminine force yes yeah and I, I agree with that and what i will say about this is that we're talking about the feminine so it doesn't mean you have to be a woman mm. okay you could we all have within us both the masculine and the feminine mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. so if you're a woman you have both the feminine and the masculine within you and the same if you're a man you both it's the, the proportion of them will be different for each of us and how much we identify with those forces within us or that are us yeah. changes depending on who you are. Yeah. So I'm talking, and this is really for people who identify more with the feminine, right? So in that percentage or that um, between the two, um, I would say that. So whether you're a man or a woman, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what physical body you're in. Make, make sense? Because there's some women who, for example, uh, have more of a proportion of the masculine with them than the feminine. Right? Yeah. And, and men vice versa. So I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. And then the other thing I'm just going to mention is that the reason we're talking about this is because there's so much distortion at each of these stages of the feminine based in the old consciousness. And part of what we're doing is to talk about the importance, as you mentioned, of each of these stages. And as we clarify each of these stages within us, because we all have, especially as we get older, all four of these things within us, the clearer and higher your resonance is because your expression of yourself with that association with the feminine gets clearer and brighter. Mm. Yeah. And I always think that when we make peace or find neutrality or feel the empowerment of each passage, which for me didn't come at the time or that stage, yeah. you know, but it, it now sitting, 
I think if I knew and understood the wisdom of each passage, then I could be more of service to my family, to the wider circle. You know, it, it's it's a gift, really. Hindsight, they say, hindsight's great, but mm-hmm. really, can yeah. we not just have it, you know, right at the beginning? Yeah. And then it got me thinking about the whole dynamics of um, the role of the woman um, in her feminine, mm-hmm. as you say, because uh, I really respect the other women that identify as a different force, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I don't like the use of masculine and feminine. Yeah, I, I don't either. It's pretty, it's pretty polarized, actually, yeah. even in the discussion of it. It's actually much more fluid. And I think that that's starting to be expressed more in younger people, yeah. right? Because their identity is more fluid. It's gender fluid, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of us um, that are older have these sort of like blocked in ideas of like, it's masculine or feminine and this is the, you know what I mean? It's never changed. It's like more rigid. Mm. Whereas I feel like a lot of younger people these days, it's more fluid. And I actually feel like it is more fluid. You know what I mean? If we were really allowed to be in the clarity of who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so for the position I'm in now Mm. and looking back and I look back at, actually, let's just discuss what the four stages are. Mm -hmm. Should we start there maybe? Because that sometimes we're not really sure what they are. Yeah. We get so bogged down by one of them that we can't recognize the others. Yeah. So um, you and I have discussed it. Now, there's many archetypes that are discussed about the feminine, Mm. right? The journey through the feminine. And so for the purposes of our discussion today, what we're talking about is the girl Mm. or the little girl. Mm -hmm. And then the temptress, because as the girl grows up and discovers her own sexuality, her power within that, there's Mm -hmm. the temptress, Mm -hmm. you know. And then um, comes the mother, Mm -hmm. okay? And um, whether or not you have children is not relevant. Mm-hmm. And then um, after the mother is the crone yeah. or the wise woman. Okay? Yeah. That's another way that people talk about that archetype. Yeah. And um, so for our discussion today, those are the four stages. And I think it's interesting to talk about each of them because in our culture, each of them are distorted mm. to a large degree. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll start there. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because as you say it as well, I mean... Uh, the mother, well, it's oftentimes the nurturer. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because oftentimes the mother, something's happened. Like you see, the distortions have happened that she doesn't know how to function as a mother. And yeah. oftentimes it's the partner that moves in to become yeah. the nurturer. Sure. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. yeah let's, I, I, let's... Think of the, I think of the mother actually as the nurturer and the champion. Yeah, yeah. Because they're both. Because a lot of people, and we'll start at the beginning, but I think a lot of people think of the mother as as just the nurturing, mm. but it's also a, a strong mother is mm. a champion. Oh, yeah. She's like, you're going to get strong, mm-hmm. right? She doesn't want to have weak children. Yep. She wants them to be strong. She wants them to be independent. She wants them to be happy. I mean, that's the, I mean, that's a mother who is empowered is to have children who are strong. You don't want to create children who are weak. That's you know? right. That's so, right. Anyway. Okay. So yeah, let's start at the beginning. beginning. The yeah. little girl. Yeah. The, the little girl that's full of fun and mischief and wants to play and creates and dreams. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where are we serving that or where are we not serving that little force of energy? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that a lot of times, uh, whether you're a boy or a girl, and when we're in that little space of being a child, we kind of like, we actually are more gender fluid because we're, we're exploring. Right? Yeah. It doesn't mean anything to us. Yeah. So we're like, I don't know what it means to be a boy and I don't know what it means to be a girl. So let's kind of like figure out what all that means. Yeah. A lot of times, 
you know, girls girls and boys would be chastised for being emotional, right? Yeah. Like, you're being too much like a girl, you're being a sissy, don't, you know, do that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So um, emotionality is, is um, uh, downplayed. And I also think that um, it's kind of, for me anyway, a lot of, um, when I was growing up in my generation, I feel a lot of the girls were, were being raised by women who didn't want their girls to be dependent on a man. Mm. Because they're like, you, our mothers were like, you have an opportunity to not rely on a man, to be strong and not ever, ever be at a man's mercy. Okay, because you can get an education, you can get a job, you can earn money, you can be safe and free. If you, you know what I mean? Like if, because you can do this. I couldn't do this. I had to marry a man, mm-hmm. right? In order to have that, quote unquote, safety. Mm-hmm. But you, my daughter, can rise above that, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of women, at least um, you know, in my journey with other women who are in a similar age group, have that in us. And so I, I think a lot of, um, we were um, often taught to be you know, s- strong and like focused and um, career oriented and successful. And you know, we were like kind of like, pushed in that direction so that we could be safe mm-hmm. and we could be independent and free from a financial standpoint. You know, there was a lot of that happening with our moms. And if you understand where their positions were, yeah. so precarious, didn't have the opportunities, couldn't work for salaries that were meaningful, all that sort of stuff. Of course, they're like pushing their, their girls to be like, don't be in the same position of weakness that I was. Mm. So there was a little bit less time for play. Yeah. And there was a little bit less time for magic and those things that are kind of girl oriented. Does that yeah. make sense? In terms yeah. of um, that freedom to um, be a little bit more silly. Mm. You know? That's what I feel like. So that playfulness was sort of like um, funneled often into seriousness, yeah. you know, so that we could be safe. Yeah. 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 And coming from my culture, um, you know, I grew up playing with boys, mm-hmm. you know, loved playing with boys and loved just playing and being outside and singing and dancing. And but I, I too, I'm that generation where you get an education, you get a good job and mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. And to the point where I was kind of scared of men in the end, you know, mm-hmm. this, Oh, these scary men, I've got to make sure that they'll never come near me. Yeah. <laughs> and yet I loved playing with them and we had fun, yeah. you know? We had fun creating and making things. And and I was also very much aware as a young lass that that's boys' toys, that's girls' toys. Yes. <gasps> and yeah. I liked the boys' toys. They had Lego. Yeah, you know? well, they, they had cars that were battery-operated. cars, yeah. Hello, they had a big wheel. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and the label tomboy do yeah. you remember that mm-hmm. like what a girl got have fun with these things mm-hmm. you know exactly. so I, it took me a long time to make peace with that tomboy you know yeah like, wow it's like a bad thing you yeah know? and also it's interesting because if in our generation anyway if you uh, for me i didn't actually fit with the hyper girly girls because mm-hmm. i was more like you yeah. you know i wanted to um you know, be outside, run around, like, you know, just, I wasn't super into like my hair and makeup and all that sort of stuff. Like that wasn't really within what I was interested in at that time. Yeah. So I think that the little girl is really important because in our culture, she's supposed to be very innocent Mm -hmm. and sweet and pure. (laughs) Okay. I don't know who came up with that paradigm because I don't know if you've met little girls, but they can be quite 
manipulative oh, yeah. and quite conniving mm-hmm. and quite um, aware of their power. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> so we had this idea wrapped around like purity mm-hmm. around girls and what that's supposed to be, you know, like they're chaste and pure and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And it's kind of it's kind of an odd thing, you know, like an odd um, heaviness that's put on little girls. It's very distorting. Yes, very. very. I mean, for me, when it, if you don't mind me moving into the next yeah. passage, it was really distorting because I'm moving into this stage where all these things are happening to my body. Yeah. And yeah. I felt like I had to be really masculine, mm-hmm. you know, and couldn't do these girly things because there was no power in them. You mm-hmm. know, it couldn't exactly. be this, you know girly thing, image, that otherwise it made me inadequate some way, yeah. you know? Well, it's interesting because that sort of purity that we wrap around the little girl is distorted when you come into the temptress, mm. okay? So like 16, 17, 18, when you start to like feel your sexual energy, the power that your sexual energy has, because mm. every, well, not every girl, many women, when they enter that stage, become aware that they're having an impact on yeah. men, yeah. typically. And so, but you have this idea that you're supposed to be pure. Yeah. Right? And so here you are coming into sexuality, coming into sexual energy. And so it's strange because our culture is very much about this weird polarization between hypersexuality mm-hmm. and like hyperchasteness. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so it's very distorting, I think, for a lot of young women when they enter this stage, because they have all the sexual energy running, which is supposed to make them powerful in some way, but yet often puts them in a state of victim because they don't really know how to use it. Yeah. Right. They get into abusive situations because they're trying to get um, attention or love or acceptance, and they're using their sexuality to get it, and then, you know, losing you know, interest, like the other person losing interest in them and then feeling low self-worth, like all that stuff is in there. Yeah. And there's this whole idea of like sluttiness, right? This idea like that you're not pure. Yeah. So it's this very weird thing I feel like that happens in this temptress. And a lot of women move away from it because in our culture, it like that whole slutty thing is discouraged. It's Mm -hmm. like you're allowed to be sexualized to a certain degree and that's it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. It's supposed to be wrapped in this little box. And mm-hmm. if you go outside of that little box, it's not very appropriate mm-hmm. to be wielding your sexual energy. That's right. You, you know? get shamed. You get shamed. Yeah. Exactly. It's shamed. It's really sad. And I think what, if, if I look back and even now when I'm watching it, it, men don't know what to do with that. Yeah. It's really sad because mm-hmm. can you imagine, you have two beings that are moving into their sexual power mm-hmm. and it's a power. Yes. It's a force that runs through us. It's it's. A, incredibly energetic Mm -hmm. it's incredibly creative Mm -hmm. right and then you have two beings that want to come together man woman 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 man man and they have no idea what to do with this yeah you know yeah because it's become so distorted and so um objectified i guess and plagiarized in a way yeah you know by hollywood and by media yeah (laughs) yeah it's true and i think in our like i said in our culture so it's strange I feel when I tap into the culture and the, the resonance of, of the temptress. So it's interesting because on the one hand, she's supposed to be very attractive, right? So there's this weird focus on beauty in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a lot of women get caught in trying to conform to that beauty standard. Yep. Okay. And it's almost like the culture perpetuates that beauty standard for 
that point forward in a woman's life. Yeah. Okay, so even if the woman's like 70, there's a reference back to the temptress, right? The young one, the one who's like hypersexual. Because that's the standard of beauty. Mm -hmm. But yet, like we said, if if that woman tries to really fully embody her sexuality, then there's shaming. And a lot of women, I find, will get into trouble sometimes, you know, because they don't know how to deal with the power dynamic. Yeah. You know, so women who get into situations where there's sexual assault or women who go the opposite way and become very masculine because they're trying to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I did, actually. Mm -hmm. I actually defeminized myself because I was like, okay, I can see the amount of power I have and I don't really know what to do about it. I'm kind of afraid of it, actually. Yeah. Because I can't control that response. Like I can start that response, but then I'm like, uh oh, uh oh, I don't know, no, no, I don't know what to do with that now. Yeah. Right now. yeah. So I would go hypermasculine, but it's um, weird because um, for women in that case, they're also it's funny. There is a devaluation at that stage of the crone of the wise woman. Yeah. Right. Because there's so much emphasis on the youth mm-hmm. and the sexuality, so it's almost like the wise woman or the crone is something you want to avoid. Yeah. Because then you're old, valueless, mm-hmm. and not useful. Yeah. Yeah. For you know? sure, it starts at that, that point. point. Yeah. It's really odd. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite sad. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah. So. What I experienced was that, so I'm coming through that stage of my exploration mm-hmm. of my um, temptress. Even that word, right? When you think about it, isn't there a nicer word? I don't, you know? yeah, I know. Do you know? But there is no nice word for it mm. because it's a, it's a female word. Yeah. Right? It's like the word witch. There's yeah. no word, like, do you ever, you know what I mean? There's like, what's the feminine like why it's so charged it's yeah. so negative you yeah. know what I mean and it's so like definitely so there's no do you see what I'm saying there's yeah. no word for temptress that's not somehow tainted with sluttiness yeah because it sounds so religious <laughs> yeah you know you're yeah. a temptress you are Eve that yeah caused this whole affliction in the bible well, yeah <laughs> exactly and I think that the other thing too is that as we come into temptress there's very little emphasis on wisdom in terms of how to hold your sexual power. Mm, mm-hmm. And I feel that that's something that's really missing. Yeah, and how to engage it. Yeah. Engage it in a manner that's non-threatening. Yeah. But encourages or invites the person to create together. Yes. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think because there's so much, like, um, it's funny, like we are so polarized in our culture, so much negation of the temptress, especially beyond a certain point. Mm-hmm that a lot of women shut that down. Mm. But the thing is, the temptress is the one who, like, is the one who invites others to collaborate, to play, mm. to explore, to um, create something new, to, you know, you know, to, to, to adventure, to coll- what all that stuff, you need the temptress mm. because she's the one who initiates that. Yeah. But yet, a lot of us are afraid of that. You know, especially as we get into the mother and the crone. We're yeah. just like, oh, oh, no, no, no. That's not appropriate for me. So I'm not going to engage that. You know what I mean? It's kind of funny. You know how they even in magazines are like, if you're this age, it's not appropriate for you to dress like this. And I just thought like, well, that's not interesting. And, you know, I just I, I just find that fascinating. You know, it's like yeah. someone else should tell us how we should dress. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's not appropriate. Yeah. And how we believe it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. Um as you move in, because since we're talking about it, into motherhood, and there, well, for me, because I, I have two boys, right, mm-hmm. and 
that moment of being pregnant when you have your big round belly, for just for those moments, you actually do feel the power of the feminine. Mm-hmm. You know, there, the, I mean, I don't want to exclude men. I love men. I love my husband. Mm-hmm. I love my two boys, you know. Mm-hmm. But there is a moment where it is just me mm-hmm. and this force that I've had the privilege to move into in a human form, mm-hmm. you know. And in this creation and this life force that's growing inside my belly, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it's um, it's kind of sad that that moment gets kind of lost because you're busy, you know, nurturing. And for me, it's I took it as a huge responsibility having kids because you know I saw this as a future generation in the making. Yeah. You know? So it was like, right, I gotta be on my A game. Mm-hmm. But then I forgot everything else, like yourself, myself. Yeah. yeah. You know, my husband. You know. <laughs> yeah, happens a lot. It's just. And because it's kind of expected as well, you know, this, again, because we didn't, for me, how I see it, it looks like we didn't move into relationship with the male and the female and learn how to um, exchange this temptress energy, mm-hmm. you know, so that when we move into the nurturing energy that two people can do it together, there, yeah. right? Yep. I just want to make it really clear to people. You do not have to have birthed children. Mm to embody the mother. Okay, so I don't have children. Mm. And the mother, what I'm talking about in this archetype, so there's a couple of things that Fiona's mentioned. So one is the nurturing, Mm. okay? In our culture, we negate the temptress. Like, oh, no, no, we're done. We've had babies. Temptress finished. Let's close that sucker down, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Or unless, you know, there's in moments in private, you know, with the husband or partner or whatever it is that you have. Okay. The other thing about the mother energy that I find really fascinating that women can really embody is in that creation. So in that space of the mother, you actually are embodying the void into the fertile void, right? You Mm -hmm. actually, the womb space is that space of absolute potential, absolute nothing. And then from there comes form. That is the void and it's an embodiment in the birth process. And then you come into the space of inspiration. So for many, for that's to me part of the mother, And in that energy of birthing, I mean, you can birth a child, you can birth a movement, Mm -hmm. you can birth a book, you can birth creativity, you can birth all kinds of things, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a child. And it's, I feel like that maternal energy is not just, nurturing is very, very underappreciated, my feeling is, Mm. right? Because it's it's like nurturing a flame, you know? It takes a long time to create fire from the thing. You know, you have Mm -hmm. to like, Blowing it, cultivate it, let it grow. It's similar with the child. You know, you have to be, yeah. right? Or a project or a business or a movement or a whatever it is that you're mm-hmm. growing, right? You're fostering this thing. And the other thing that I want to mention about the mother that people don't talk about very much is the champion. Because that's what we talked about at the beginning, yeah. right? It's just like, how strong do you want your children to be? Mm-hmm. Well, you're always coddling them, then they're never going to be strong. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, most mothers, obviously not all, but most mothers want whatever it is they're birthing to be strong, like their children, right? So whether yeah. it's a, a human or a project or a business, you want it to thrive. And so it's like, how do you champion those around you? And I feel like this is a very feminine thing because it's about empowering, right? It's like, how do you empower those those beings, those systems, those projects that you're birthing? Yeah. You know, how do you how do you make it better? Yeah. And and as you're saying that, 
even just in this present reality, but also taking the larger perspective, what you're doing impacts the collective, right? Totally. And how you want to move forward as a collective. So mm -hmm. it's for me, it's interesting to have that personal view and then at the same time have the bigger view and recognize, well, how I impact this is going to impact this, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's also part of that whole um, mother, yes, nurture, creator, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Holding the bigger dream yeah. for the collective. And the other thing too is like, when we get to mother, right? Because it's, you know, in a, a human's life, it's really like as you grow up, really, yeah. as you age. And the little girl, when you get to mother, in self, I'm not talking about you and your children, yeah. in yourself, is allowed to come out and play a little bit because now you have children with whom you interact, yes? So yeah. you can return to the little girl. If you don't have kids, it's still like really not that appropriate because you're, do you know what I mean? It's like the little yeah. girl is like put aside yeah. for, you know, when she was little, but like here you are as a woman, you've got your career, your business, your yeah. studies, your uh, whatever scientific research paper, whatever it is that you're creating. And the little girl is like, no, no time for her. You know, she's that play, that mischief, the magic, the, mm. all that stuff. Mm. She's kind of like frivolous. She's not as important. And then the temptress is not appropriate mm -hmm. in many circumstances. So as we get into all these stages, it's about embracing all of these three things within you and understanding the wisdom of all these three aspects. You are all of these aspects. What does it do us at a frequency level when we're negating these things? Yeah, so when we negate, thank you for asking that. So when we negate those things, we, do, we actually drop our resonance, mm. okay? Because we're resisting an aspect of ourselves. So you came into embodiment to experience humanness. Mm -hmm. You ex chose to experience it through the feminine for people, for you know, in what we're discussing, yeah. right? Some people chose to experience through the masculine. We're yeah. talking about the feminine in this particular case. So your exploration of the feminine is really about how do you embody that? And when you negate certain of these aspects, you actually diminish yourself because the potential is for you to actually uh, experience each of these stages and celebrate each of these aspects in yourself and in others, actually. Mm -hmm. And so when we negate those aspects, like I said, you drop in your frequency resonance because it's like you're resisting, fighting, you know, diminishing, whatever it is. And it can create a lot of friction and suffering, actually, in us, which isn't great. Mm. And, and I've found, you know, again, because I'm, you know, moved beyond that, <laughs> I realize now the fun more fun I can have when I actually do uh, acknowledge and embrace them. Yeah. How much more creative I can be. Yes, you know? exactly. And then life's not so serious anymore. anymore. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's fun. Yeah. As you say, it's a lot more fun. And it's because you're free in the clarity of each of these aspects, you get to play with them. Like you say, like you can try it on. Like, you know, today I'm expressing whatever. And we're in this moment. You're not really thinking about that. You're not like... And at this moment, I'm expressing my little girl. I mean, you're not doing it. You just, but you can move into that playful wonder, mischief, whatever, very easily. Mm. And it lights people up. Or maybe it's sexy time, and you can mix that with a little bit of the little girl. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? Like you can mix all these things together in a way that makes life just a lot more juicy and fun. Mm, harmonious. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So now let's get to my favorite. Yeah. One. My favorite one too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's kind of hard to express that. 
yeah. as you say, because of all the distortions, mm -hmm. it's really hard to express that to people that are not there. Yeah. Because it's this thing that they're scared of. Yeah. People, women yeah. are afraid to age because we're told that when we're old, mm -hmm. we're not beautiful and therefore we're not valuable. That's right. Yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> and the message is everywhere. Oh, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's just shocking. You know, I remember being told once or hearing once um, about grey hair. Mm -hmm. You know, and sure, you'd think she'd get her hair dyed. This was from a woman. Mm -hmm. And I remember just like being absolutely shocked. How do you even recognize what you're saying? Yeah. You know, if she wants to be with her beautiful grey hair, be. Yeah. If you want to color yours, great. Yeah. But do we have to criticize each other? Yeah, exactly. You know? No, it's true. Because she wanted this woman to maintain the image yeah. of not being in her crone yeah. and somehow hanging on for dear life right. to the Tentress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the crone and the wise woman. So I have always known, ever since I was, I don't know why I've known this, but ever since I was in my 20s, I would look at women who were older, especially ones who did not fall into the distortions so hard of around the temptress mm. and who embraced more of their crone or their wise woman, I knew, I was like, women get more powerful as they age. Mm. You can see it in them. Mm -hmm. And I actually would look forward to that. I'm like, wow, that's amazing because the crone or the wise woman has wisdom. Yeah. That's her, her state. She also has, as you, you and I have talked about, neutrality mm. because she has the ability to look over what you know around her as to what's happened and have the wisdom of this journey into the crone mm -hmm. and to the wise woman and through her children and her community and you know like the feminine is very um communal mm. you know inclusive and so um when you're in the stage of the wise woman that's like the reaping of that wisdom and the cultivation of it and we get to be in it now because we get to live longer we get to cultivate that even more mm. and it's sort of amazing to me i remember um, watching this woman who was older, I didn't even know her. She walked into a restaurant that I happened to be in and she had the silver hair, you know, that she had like, it was loose actually, she didn't tie it up. She had it loose around her. And I can't even remember exactly um, what it was, but there's something about the way she walked into that room and everyone kind of did this when she walked in. Cause she was, and she wasn't trying to be like, look at me, I'm sexy time. <laughs> she just had this confidence. Like mm. I know who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am. Am I growing? Sure. But you know what I mean? There's like a self-possession or like a, a confidence in her own grace. Mm. That was really beautiful to watch. And she was captivating and she wasn't particularly thin or booby or like, you know what I mean? Like there, yeah. she wasn't any of that like culturally defined, this is what beauty is. What she was, was herself. Yeah. And it was really, really amazing to watch her. In yeah. her empowerment. Yes. Yeah. In her empowerment. Yeah. yeah. I'm not trying to please anyone. She just was who she was. Yeah. Embracing yeah. it, being in neutrality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And isn't it just about loving the very experience of having this physical body? And yeah. Yeah. And there's, it's like a, a diction, not a dictionary, what am I saying? A library or uh, wisdom that you've collected along mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. And when you reach that point where you can actually say, no, go back to that one, pull that one out. It's yeah. all there. It's all, all there. there. Yeah. yeah. And the wonderful thing is if we're empowered in our wise woman, we come to the point where it's, we don't really care <laughs> that people are judging us because we pull out temptress yeah. or that we're playing like the little girl yeah. or that we particularly are, are maternal and nourishing or whatever. You know, it doesn't, all those things 
are just who we are. You know, it's amazing to watch women. Some women get to it a little bit later than others. Mm -hmm. But they're just like, I'm older now. I've earned this. Whatever. I'm just going to enjoy myself. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I really love it when women get to that point. Yeah, you keep yakking in the corner. Yeah. I'm going to live this life. life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, my next question really, I guess it's it's the summation of what we've talked about. So, like, what's the point? We're having this discussion. We're talking about the four stages and passages and the distortions that are through each. So what's ultimately the big deal in all this? You know? mm -hmm. So to me, there has been so much oppression in the past millennium, <laughs> millennia, plural, <laughs> of the masculine over the feminine. And the feminine over the feminine. Women are, can be very terrible to each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and so... It is time now to clarify both the masculine and the feminine. It's not like a the female and the feminine's journey on its own. There's no. a lot in the masculine to clarify as well. So as we clarify these aspects of ourselves, we get to celebrate our humanness. Mm. You know, these, these things that make us who we are as humans. And they're not perfection. They're not supposed to be. They're messy and sometimes like a little bit like, whoa, challenging, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But when we clarify that and we start to accept all these aspects are ourselves, and say, for example, if you're in your tempest stage, to be open to and receptive to the wise woman, mm -hmm. not only outside of you, but within you, mm -hmm. that's a wonderful thing because now we have women who are starting to be empowered yeah, and who are starting to realize that they get to express their humanness in this particular form, which is the feminine. Yeah. And there is something really beautiful about that because instead of trying to resist it, right? Like I'm, I have to get my ass like lifted. I have to have no tummy. I have to have a boob size. I have to have my face like that, whatever. Mm -hmm. My hair, a certain color, all that stuff. That's all surface. It's distracting you from your power of who you can be as this force, as you say, of the feminine, of that creation, the receptivity, the inspiration, the one who like gathers other people together, mm -hmm. the one who creates community, the one who creates warmth and love in the home, like all that stuff is glorious. Mm -hmm. And as we clarify this in ourselves and release the distortion, it's like we celebrate that. Yeah. You know, and what happens then is those in community with us start to rise mm. because we have that in our frequency resonance, you know, and when you are expressing that part of the feminine through the mother, actually, and the crone to some degree is to empower others. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's very much in the feminine. It's not like, you know, what is that old saying, you know, uh, teach a man to fish and he'll, yeah, he'll feed yeah. himself and you teach a woman to fish and she'll feed a village or something like this. I'm sure I'm not going to quote right exactly. <laughs> but it's something having to do with this, this very strong impulse in the feminine to empower. Mm. And so um, for me, this is the potential of all of us. And women, you know, not just women, the feminine, we have for so long competed against each other for yeah. a scarce resource because we were not empowered. It truly is time for us to release this competition, mm -hmm. right? To come into a state where we're like, okay, we're empowered. I acknowledge your strengths and weaknesses. I acknowledge my strengths and weaknesses. How can we come together and lift ourselves up collectively? Yeah. You know, and if I don't like you, 
that's okay. I don't have to drag you down either. That's you know, right. we, we agreed to disagree, or yep. whatever it is. You know? mm -hmm. So, yep. and I, I would just add in there, um, just through my own experience, there is something that does resonate in each passage, and you can see that when somebody has the sensitivity to the fact that this is their next passage that's coming, they will be drawn to that woman mm -hmm. um, and then they'll want to sit and be in the resonance of that person. It's it's almost like they have this sixth sense, this is coming, what does it feel like? Mm -hmm. Okay, how do I need to prepare? It, it would be really lovely for us to have circles, you know, come back and have circles where we could all sit in community. I would have grown up with that, in mm -hmm. community, where you got a sense of what's coming. Yes. Okay, who's there? I can go to them when I have questions, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah just to, like you say, to empower. Yes. And let's get over these distortions as quickly as possible. Yes. Let's have this equality between man, woman, male, feminine. In fact, just let's drop the labels, you know. Yeah, exactly. And so that we can celebrate each other and our unique expression of self. Yeah. And, you know, we don't think of ourselves necessarily as leaders, but mm. as you clarify, you embody that. Yeah. So you'll find that more people come to be around you, to be in the clarity of the resonance, you to have like a little bit of a sample of like, oh, well, that's what it feels like in this particular person, in this particular clarity. Mm -hmm. It gives them an option that is not very prevalent yet. Yeah. Of what it is to be at that level of clarity. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, that was some journey that we just had there. <laughs> and I'm sure we could go on for a long time. Yeah, you know, know. it's true. And I know we, like, this whole discussion was never about excluding the, the masculine. No. Never. Mm -mm. And it was really just an understanding of what these four stages are and why they're so important and how we can make them successful mm -hmm. right as we go forward so yeah. i really appreciate that thank you yeah thank you for those of you who are new we're about to start the group frequency calibration or gfc this is the most important part of this episode because it's where we actually do the frequency work and where change is catalyzed so I invite you to settle in and get comfortable you can sit stand or lie down or if you prefer to walk around slowly, you could even do that too. If during the GFC you find that you start falling asleep, even if you didn't feel tired when you started, just let yourself drift off. That just means that the frequencies are really high and it's more efficient for you to be asleep to integrate them. If this happens, it's good to listen to the GFC portion again a few times until you can stay awake for the whole thing. That's how you'll know you've integrated those higher resonating frequencies. Because I'm working on the frequency level, these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find that they go into varying degrees of altered state. Please definitely do not drive while listening to this. Okay. Here we go. Welcome everyone to the group frequency calibration for the journey into the feminine. So this is an introductory uh, group frequency calibration and it will start to release some of the distortion around the feminine so you can start to experience more of the gift of the feminine through the four stages of the journey. Now there are a lot of other deeper GFCs, deep dives, entire programs on this. 
However, this will begin to start to release some of those patterns so that you can start to receive some of those gifts. So becoming aware of your body. And as you become aware of your body, becoming aware of the weightedness of your body as it sinks into whatever is supporting you. Becoming aware of the texture of whatever is supporting you, the stretch of your skin against it. Good. And now please become aware of the soles of your feet. Noticing the space between your toes. The width of the balls of your feet. The distance between your heels. And the balls of your feet. Good. And now please become aware of your breath. Just noticing your breath at first, without doing anything to it, just noticing it. Perhaps for the first time today. And then allowing your breath to really deepen. take up much more space in the body. Drop deep, 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 perhaps further into the body than it's been before. And as your breath deepens, Imagining or becoming aware of it. Expanding and contracting like a balloon in all directions around you. Excellent. So we're cultivating spherical awareness. And now, becoming aware of your surroundings. Noticing what the air feels like against your skin. Noticing its temperature, 
relative humidity. If it's moving, and if it is moving, even if it's small movement, noticing where on your body you're aware of that. And after you've noticed the texture of the air, blinking your eyes open, and noticing the quality of the light. Keeping your focus soft, not looking at anything particular other than the quality of the light. And after you've noticed the quality of the light, for a couple of breaths, keeping your eyes open, please triangulate. So for those of you who are new, triangulating simply means to become aware of three inanimate objects in the space around you. What those inanimate objects are is not important. And noticing the distance between each object in you and then feeling that distance. So, for example, if object A is the window, noticing that the window is about eight and a half feet to you, and then feeling that distance, and then doing the same thing for objects B and C. And as you do this, you'll notice that your sense of where you are in space becomes clearer, more in focus, and more present for you. Once you've completed triangulation, blinking your eyes closed and bringing your attention to your heart space in the center of your chest in your nipple line. Bringing a hand or a finger to this spot. As we take one nice deep breath in, holding it for a count of five. And then whenever you've completed that five count, releasing all the air out of your lungs at the speed and intensity you prefer, holding your breath out for a count of six. And whenever you finish that one single long breath, breathing normally. So what we're doing is we're waiting for the mastermind to coalesce and to become coherent. So whilst we wait for that to happen, for those of you who are new, please note that I'm working on you at the group and the subgroup level. 
that I sometimes work in silence. And that happens when the frequencies I'm working with are very, very high and the mastermind is moving fast enough. And in that case, to make physical sound only drops the frequency resonance, which does not serve you. I also do make sound. So you may hear me yawn or hum or exhale sharply. And that's how I often, but not always, release some of the stickier, heavier distortions. And if you hear me say something that you really resonate with, it's likely a distortion pattern that you run. And if you really find yourself resisting something that I'm saying, then it's likely also a distortion pattern that you run. So I invite you to remain open, curious, and to examine further. Good. So bring your attention back to that heart space. If your attention has wandered. Now that the mastermind has become coherent, let's go ahead and ask ourselves the following question to ourselves. How can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? For those of you who are new, that question again is, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source. And as you ask yourself that question, please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of the very center of your body. And as you become aware of this surprisingly vast space, Becoming aware of a brilliance at its very, very center that becomes even brighter because you have your attention on it. And as it brightens and intensifies, it naturally starts to expand outwards in all directions. out through your cells, through your organs, out through your bones, 
your muscles. And then out through the flesh and through the pores of the skin into the space between your physical body and the outer perimeter of your spirit body, which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. Please become very aware of the brilliance within the sphere. And now please become aware of the space all around the sphere. And as you become aware of this infinite space, and pulling your frequency resonance higher, irrespective of where it began. And as many of you know, how high your frequency resonance, or said differently, your vibrational rate is, determines everything from what your life looks like, how you feel about it, how much abundance you experience, what opportunities show up for you, how much synchronicity you have. So this is one of the most important things we do together. Bring your attention now, please, to the xiphoid process, which is right at the base of your sternum. Your sternum is that big, thick bone in the center of your chest where your ribs meet in front of your body. So if you trace your sternum from your hollow of your throat all the way down, and when it goes from bone to flesh, that fleshy point is a little bit tender when you press on it, that is your xiphoid process. So, the first thing we're going to release is um, shame for a very large subgroup, and then resistance to the feminine because it's seen as weak or less than or less desirable. So for many of you, this is a cultural, a lineage, and a religious distortion. It's extremely deeply ingrained. So this applies to the entire journey of the woman, or the feminine, I shouldn't say the woman, excuse me, or the feminine.
keeping your awareness in this space, breathing, staying as focused you can, being in this present moment with your attention on this part of the body. Becoming aware of the upper part of your solar plexus, please. So your solar plexus is between your belly button and the base of your sternum. So if you find the top part of that solar plexus, So we're going to release this polarity um, between the feminine and the masculine. So it's interesting. It's um, There's an, a tendency to, as you explore one aspect, to demonize or to uh, push away from the other extreme. So they're both part of who you are to different degrees, but they both are. So releasing this demonization of the masculine or the belittlement of it, the loathing of it, the disgust with it, that, that whole thing, that whole thing, okay? So we're talking about the masculine and the feminine, not men and women, so to speak. So we're just releasing this polarity and this disdain for this other aspect because it is also part of you. Excellent. Bring your attention to the upper part of that solar plexus or keeping it there. And as you bring your attention here, just softening into this space. And if you don't know what that means or it's confusing to you, imagine melting into or dissolving into dropping into this space of the upper part of your solar plexus. And what we're doing is releasing all of these stories. about what the feminine should be, okay? So you're not gonna release all of them. 
But even if you start to become aware of what those stars' stories are and releasing them, that is fantastic. Becoming aware of that xiphoid process right at the base of the sternum again. And about three inches or seven centimeters directly beneath it in a straight line down towards the belly button. Clearing out and resetting your pain body because your pain body has a memory of who you were before the frequency work was done. Which makes it harder to integrate. This brings us to the end of this group frequency calibration. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. If the topic of this GFC resonates with you, it's very likely that more work than can be provided in this one GFC is needed to clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, Usually, there are multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this one session allows. If you feel this is the case for you, please visit sphericalluminosity.com for more targeted support. If you'd like an opportunity to ask me questions in real time, then subscribe to the Spherical Luminosity YouTube channel and click the reminder bell to be notified when I'm about to go on live. For the latest news about upcoming events and to be notified when sessions with me are released, subscribe to our newsletter. Join us and let's rise together.